Without further ado, I would love to introduce to you our speaker this morning, Kelly Johnson. All right. That's going to be a little hard to follow, I think. And I have to shave 10 minutes off of my time, but that's good. My actual goal is just to keep Brody awake. That's my actual goal this morning. He was uh, yawning so much I had to hug him at one point, and then he stole, literally stole Matt's coffee. So uh, yeah, let's keep Brody awake this morning. All right. Um, my name's Kelly Johnson, for those of you who I don't know. Um, my husband and I have been attending Crow River for, I think, three or four years now. We moved to Delano with our two boys about seven years ago. Um, and we're going to be talking this morning about uh, the book of Nehemiah. So um, as Aaron and I were talking through this and, and Nehemiah and reading through, and if you've ever sat with a, with a book in the Bible, there's so many different things can, can arise for you. And what really rose for me today and what I was supposed to share with you was really about all of you bringing your strengths into our church. And so that's what we're going to focus on today. So um, I've got a couple pictures of, uh, so you know a little bit of who you're dealing with here, a um, little bit about me and, and my family. So uh, let's see. So there's Michael and my, my boys, they're soccer and hockey players, my mom and dad, who are here. They came, I dragged them out here. Let's hear it for my mom and dad, Tommy and Dee. Um, I grew up in the military. My dad was in the Air Force for 20 years, so I'm a military brat, so I'm really good at making friends really quick so I have somebody to sit with at lunch. So that was absolutely my jam. Um, my sisters are on the top right there. Uh, they're my absolute rock, Lisa and Natalie. And those are our two pugs down on the bottom. Uh, Scout's the depressed-looking one, and Pickles is confused. That should clear it up for you. I love reading. I love, love, love reading and driving fast cars. So there was a 1970s Corvette outside last week. So whoever that is, if you want to let me drive, that would be great. Um, yeah, so this is my family. My family is my rock. And that's one thing that came from being in a military family is you've got your family over and over again and your faith can grow. So that's me and my family. Professionally, um, the easy way I explain it to my kids, I say I get paid to talk. So when I was in school, I used to get in trouble for talking. See, you see this? Learn from me. Um, things that you, you maybe do too much of might end up being your strength. So I used to get in trouble all the time for talking in school, and now I get paid to talk. So that's my job. I'm a life coach. I'm an executive coach. I am a keynote speaker, and I teach and travel the world, um, working for a man named Marcus Buckingham, sharing the word of strengths. But rarely to never do I get to bring God into that. And so I cannot begin to tell you what a joy it is for me to speak to the work that I do every day and get to layer in the truth of the Bible on top of that. So I'm super pumped to do this. So let's talk about Nehemiah. So in the book of Nehemiah, um, we're talking about how he rebuilds this wall. And we know that in 52 days, Nehemiah did something that no one thought he could do. Really, really, truly. And if we think about um, how much construction is going on right now in our town and we're watching our own building be built, 52 days is insane. It really is. But what we know is that he didn't do it alone. He didn't do it alone. He had a team. He had a team of people with him. 
And in Nehemiah 6, it says, uh, or sorry, in 7, it says, these are the exiles who returned. These are the exiles who returned. And I don't know about you, so I'm going to, by the way, you know, I'm a broken, sinful person, so let me just put that on the table. Standing up here does not mean you're perfect, so I need to clear that up immediately. When I read the Bible and I get to those pages of names, I kind of go like this. I don't know, maybe, maybe you read through every name. I don't. But the amazing part about this, and this is what happens when you pray over something, is it was those pages in Nehemiah that called me. It was those pages of names, the ones that for years... I've quickly flipped. And what I saw when he held that up to me was your names. I got a little choked up. I saw your names when I looked at those pages. And that's what we're going to talk about today. How is your name written already? Those exiles who returned were people who left. They left physically, they left emotionally. And some of you may be here physically right now or at home partaking and not engaged in what's happening. And I want to call every bit of you here. I want all of you. We want all of you at the Highlands. And that's what we want to talk about today. So those contributions that every single one of those names made is what we're going to look at. Now, in the work that I do, oftentimes what I'm doing is I'm teaching and training high-performing teams. And we're a team as a church. We're a team. That's us. And we may not have everything in common, but we do have a common mission. And within every one of us lives what I like to call the we's and the me's. The we's and the me's. Now, I want to be clear about what the we's and me's are and what they are not. What they are not is, it's not me against everybody else. That is not what the we's and the me's are. What the we's and the me's are is, who are we and who am I within that? Who am I within that? Often joins, people often join teams or churches for the we and they leave for the me. I don't feel seen here. I don't feel part here. You joined because you were hopeful. You stepped in because you were wanting. But you leave because you couldn't quite find your place. You have a place in the we. So the we's and the me's come together and they matter. Each one of us in the we is part of a greater whole. And so the image that I have is if you think about that we, imagine your name in there. Every single person is part of the we. Your contribution to the we matters. And that's what successful cultures look like. Aaron's been talking a lot about culture and who are we. And so that's what we want to look at. Together, we're committed to our, our values as a church around family, discipleship, and generosity. Those are reasons we come together. But how you do those is very unique. How you show up in those is specific to you, and that's what really matters. So we want to step up and play our part. And listening to all of you talk, and I love <laughs> the, all right, God, what have you got, Logan? <laughs> you know, that's part of what this feels like. Oftentimes when we come in, and you may have thought that this morning when you came in, okay, I'm just going. But in every moment, we can say, what have you got, and what have you got for me? What have you called on for me? How can I help? 
in those values of family, of generosity, of discipleship. So when we get called, what's interesting is that we start to see some, some and this is a little leadership theory here, but there's this thing called the 80-20 rule. And you can see 80-20 show up a lot in your life. Uh, I don't know about you, but I wear about 20% of the clothes in my closet 80% of the time. This sweater gets worn a lot. Uh, I call it my blanket, um, it, my blanky sweater. Um, but we do, we, you know, you have those in your town here as you drive around Delano. You may drive around maybe 20% of the roads, 80% of the time. When we think about groups and teams, what we often see, especially in teams that have high, high volunteerism, which a church is and has a lot of, we see about 20% of the team leading 80% of the work. And so we think about, think about right now, and this is not, I, I want to be clear, this is not a guilt trip. This, for a moment, I just want to honor, you know, we think about these guys in the sound booth who I'm looking at right now, you know, who seamlessly make everything happen every week. The band who comes, those who are in children's church, the greeters, all the things that are done, setting up the signs on the, on the road. Every single part matters. And there's little things each of us can do to offset that just a little bit. I was um, leading the Cub Scouts in Delano for a couple years, and one of the things that I struggled with desperately was to get volunteers, and a lot of times it's because the idea was, I don't have time for this, or if I put my toe in, they're going to suck me into the vortex of volunteerism and I'll never get out, um, and then my whole life is, is gone. So I want you to think about when, yes, I am talking about volunteerism and bringing your whole self here. Yes, I am. But I, this, this message I want to be clear is about you in the world as a whole. Yes, here at the Highlands, but in our communities, in the places of your work. When you're sitting maybe at a kid's game or at a friend's house, I want you to know your calling. And if that fits here, I want it here too. Okay? So I want, I want all of you participating and playing. Sometimes when we're in a group or in a church, we may not feel like we fit in. Or you might say, I'm not sure how I fit. I want to be here. I want to learn. But I'm not quite sure of what my place is. And so there may be that desire. I can think about churches that Michael and I have been part of that we've left. And I, I was telling Aaron about this probably, gosh, a couple months ago. And I said there was a church that we were part of for a couple years. And, and we moved. And we had some friends there. And the kids were in, in children's church and everything. We left. And nobody called. Nobody knew we had even gone. I don't want that for you. I want you to feel connected here. I want you to feel part of that. And part of that, when I look back, was on me. I can tell you, I know for a fact, the leadership team here will miss you when those weeks you're gone, whether you're up at the cabin, hi, everybody at the cabin, you know, or, or off or gone. But also, part of that has to do with us stepping in and figuring out where is it that I fit? How can I be connected? And maybe that's through doing things you know, within the groups. Maybe it's starting a group if there's something you think, gosh, I really wish there was a, this kind of group here. Start it. Let's be part of bringing that here and doing those things. So stepping in and making this your culture 
making this part of our family. That's why Aaron uses that word. That's why that word is part, because we're bigger than the things we are. We're a family, and we're here to support each other. And so we want to know, what is it that would make this that place for you? So we want that. Culture is who we are. That's what makes up who we are every day and who we are as a team. Okay. So as we think about all of those names in the book of Nehemiah, and this is, here's my Bible, and all of those names, he lists all who came and who contributed, every single name, every single person who came. We're at such a unique time in the history of this church. We're building a building. We're building a building, a home, a home for us to spread God's word and help people grow and learn in our community and come into stronger faith for legacies for children to become and come back to. You know, when we were out at the, at the groundbreaking, I said to my kids, I said, do you realize what a big deal this is? And so someday you'll be able to come back with your children and say, I was here on that day. You're all here. It's happening. We're part of something really special. And as we think about that, we are all making contributions to make that happen. Your contributions matter. And so I don't know how recently you've thought about the contributions you're making. All of you we're making really conscious contributions, uncomfortable and otherwise. <laughs> I will stand on the street corner. We will see what happens, you know. <laughs> will I be having this conversation today? I don't know, but ready for that contribution. And what I love about what you all just shared is you didn't really know what was going to happen. You wouldn't really know walking up each morning how you might be uniquely called, but you trusted. You trusted. You stepped in and you trusted. And it wasn't more than you can handle, I hope. I didn't hear that. But that's what we're here to do, to step in, to trust, to give it a try. So God taps us in different ways. And sometimes I'm going to be really honest. God taps me in ways that make me a little uncomfortable, but I also know that he's made me a certain way on purpose. So my life purpose, as defined today, because I try to be real flexible with it, is to help people understand their God-given gifts, to hold those up. And what God does, and what I realized years ago, is that he'll literally show me. He'll put, he'll put a flashlight over someone, and I can see something in them. Now, that might be nice a thing for me to do with my friends or my family or my team at work and say, gosh, I saw you do that. Did you realize when you said that in a meeting, what happened, what shifted? Everything changed. Do that again. But that's my job as a leader to do at work. It's real different when I'm in an airport bathroom. <laughs> and God's like, right there, that's it. Did you see that? It's this. And I'm going, I bet, I think, Hannah, you said this. I'm not sure if that's really what he's saying. I bet that's not it. It's, that's not God. That's definitely not it. And I've, I play these games sometimes. I literally remember a janitor in a bathroom in an airport, and God saying, it's her. It's her. And I walked out because I was like, I'm in a bathroom. 
first of all. I'm in an airport, I don't know this woman. And I sat down and she went the other way and I thought, okay, that wasn't it, I made it up. Great, I don't have to do this. See? And God, tap, 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 guess who came back around? And I go. I was in Home Depot a year ago and this woman checked me out and I left and I got in the car, tap, 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 Kelly. And I, I was nice to her. I said kind things. I hope you have a wonderful day. You know, I had probably had one of my be a cool, nice human t-shirts on or something, which is usually how you'll find me out in the world. Nope sent me all the way back, literally reversed in my car, got back in line, stood there with nothing in my hand to buy, hoping no one was behind me, got there, and I looked at her and I said, I don't know if this is weird, which is usually how I start, by the way. It's probably not what you were all trained to do. I wasn't trained for this. I said, I don't know if this is weird, but God put something on my heart for you, and would you be okay if I shared that? And she walks out from behind the register. And I held her hands and I said, Sister, you're tired. I said, I feel that you're so tired. And I said, come to me, those who are weak and weary, and rest at my feet. And I just told her, I said, God wants you to rest. And she just sobbed, <laughs> standing there in Home Depot. So... That's my calling. God puts flashlights on people, so please, if I do that to you, <laughs> go easy on me. Um, but he does, and everyone is tapped uniquely. I can feel really uncomfortable, but also God put some stuff in me on purpose. It's really hard to embarrass me. It's really hard to embarrass me. I might get a little nervous and uncomfortable, but it's really hard to embarrass me. And he also gives me the words that I need. They're not mine. This isn't my message. This has nothing to do with me. I'm a vehicle, and I've realized that. So when you step in and you pay attention to those nudgings and we listen, it's amazing what can come. First Peter tells us that God made you on purpose. He made you on purpose. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in various forms. I love this verse. It just sings to my heart, and this is 100% of what I felt like God wanted you to hear today. Whatever gift you have, let's highlight that for a second, whatever gift you have received, he put it in you already. It's unique, it's in you, it's ready to be used. Imagine yourself built with a tool belt and there may be tools that you have that you're not using today. You're made, you're ready, it's in you, it's time. They're already there, they're already there. The next part of this is faithful stewards of God's grace. When I read that, do you know what I hear? You're already anointed. It's already okay. You can do this because it's his plan. It's already done. And so anytime you feel nervous, you feel unsure, you go, are you sure, God? You get to say, yes, it's done. It's done. 
It's already in you. So when we get wobbly, it's so important to remember this. Now I'm going, uh, Malcolm Ford's, there's this quote from Malcolm Ford, and I, I want to shift quick because whenever I call upon people's strengths, what happens is the brain goes into brokenness. Now we know here this is a Satan thing, okay? But oftentimes when I call people to their strengths, they get excited and they go, wait, I can't. And so I just want to name this now. I want to name this. Too many people undervalue what they are and overvalue what they're not. We tend to, if I'm sitting with you or if I'm coaching someone and I say, let's call upon what you're made of, they'll step in softly with me. But where the brain goes is broken. I'm broken. I'm not good enough. Or you start comparing yourself. If I ask you to do something somebody else does, you may look at someone and go, oh, I'm not that. When I think about myself as a mother, I had a really, really hard time being a mother to new babies. Some of you go, I love new babies. New babies are real tiring. They don't talk. I, you know, they're super cute. And then you got 20 hours a day that, you know, that you're, you're with and staring at them and they're crying and it's hard. And I didn't know that I was not going to be born with my mother's patience. Didn't even occur to me. I quickly moved in with my parents, almost full time, every day of my maternity leave. Like, coming over again, Mom. Yes, for the companionship, for the advice, for the naps. But also just to lean into her gifts. I don't know what, I'm, I don't know what to do, Mom. I don't know what to do. And so I started beating myself up pretty hard. And looking back and reflecting, I'm pretty sure I had postpartum. But I was trying to push through because I thought, in my mind, it took me years until I looked back on this, and I thought, I didn't ever realize I was trying to be my mom. I was trying to be somebody I'm not. And so my advice always to new parents is, be yourself as a parent. <laughs> be you. <laughs> be you. What's your version of that? Because there's probably somebody you look up to or that you can learn from, but I want you to be you in that. So oftentimes we go to brokenness and then we start beating ourselves up instead of looking at who it is we are instead of who it is we aren't. Now this happened in the book of Nehemiah. People started rumors. They started trying to spread things. And this is Satan's work. They started spreading to try to get in Nehemiah's head and into the team's head. And look what they said. Oh, well, their hands are going to be too weak for the work. It won't be completed. But you know what he did? And this is what I want to act and actionize in you right now, is you need to catch those when they happen. When you go into that place of brokenness, you need to name it and go, uh-uh, Satan, get behind me. And he did that. Now strengthen my hands. When you feel weak, when I'm walking to go talk to this person I don't know, it's this calling. This is it. Help me. This isn't about me. This is not about me. It's not about me being embarrassed, me being uncomfortable. It's about stepping in. And even better, by the way, if your strengths aren't things that make you sometimes a little bit nervous. But stepping in and crossing over that and acknowledging when Satan gets in our way is huge. 
huge. I noticed this when I got first started getting asked to teach Sunday school. So uh, back in the day, Shelby said, Kelly, would you teach, you know, large groups, small groups, Sunday school? I said, yeah. Actually, if I'm honest, uh, first Mitch asked me if I would do uh, things with teenagers. And I can't look you guys in the eyes right now. And I said, teenagers are scary. I don't think I could do it. I don't think I could do it. I have teenagers now. You know, but I was like, that's a lot of pressure. Teenagers, little kids. Yes, I can do that. So I stepped in a little bit more safely with, you know, clapping and singing and all the things I knew I could do. But I'm going to tell you what, I was excited to do that. And I think it was probably three weeks in a row when I realized, why is every one of the mornings when I'm doing large group the worst? Somebody spills on their iron shirt, getting in arguments, can't get the, the dog poops on the floor the second before we're supposed to walk out the door. Like, why on these mornings? And then I went, oh, Satan, get behind me. Get behind me. No, 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 no. I said it last night. I said it last night. I claimed that. I said, Jesus paved this way for an easy morning tomorrow. Because I knew, because I'm claiming it, because we own that peace. Brian said that this morning. We can claim that peace and bring that on. So no, and this is kind of the cool part, when, when Satan tries to trip you up, you can name that. You can own that and say, uh-uh, no, you're not. And he hates that because you're on to him. So notice, if there's something that's tripping you up, you might be on the right path. And I love that. So don't let him get in your way. Absolutely not. So what are the walls that need to come down in us? They're going to be different for everybody. Some of you are already stepping into these strengths, and you're like, Kelly, I don't need your pep talk. Awesome. How can you help somebody else? Awesome. I love that for you. Get up here and stand with me and help everybody else. There are places and spaces in every one of us and I, I believe that every one of us grows in this lifetime. And I think the more that we grow and learn about ourselves, even if you are already thriving, we can grow even more. But there's walls that can come down in us. There's lies that need to be untold. I would make bets that most people in this room have something that one person told you once that you've now claimed as truth in your life. Holy Spirit just came over me. I, that's, that's at least true for one person. If that is you right now, it's done. It's done. Be careful the narratives in your head. And let's stand together to release these walls that Satan wants to build up around you so that you can't make the contribution, so that you can't lean in. So it takes every single one of us at a decision point every day, every day to say yes or no. And that's the life of a Christian. You step in every day saying, in this moment, what are the choices I'm going to make? In this moment, what are the choices I'm going to make? Every day we have to say yes or no. So like my, my coaching clients, I'm going to give you all some, some homework. I call it life work but I've got some, some life work homework for you. So one, 
Seek out your God-given gifts. And I, I kept switching this word, switching this word, switching this word. I picked seek. I picked seek. Let's pay attention. I think about the book of Habakkuk when he thought things were all quiet, but he listened and he journaled and he wrote and he waited. It will come. It will come. Embrace the miracle you are. And I use that word on purpose too. You are a miracle. You're a miracle, not an accident. But you have to embrace it to use it. And share. Make that contribution. That's going to look different for every single one of you. And I'll invite Brian and the band back up um, to share their gifts. So one of the things that Aaron and I talked about in doing this was I didn't want to leave you hanging. <laughs> and so uh, my, my company, my organization, along with um, Aaron, we're actually going to put on a class for all of you. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to really be around discovering your God-given gifts. And so if you're interested in doing this class with us, we've got to see how many people are interested, and then we'll pick a date and a time. But Amy's got a clipboard out there. Just put your name down, your email, and we'll reach back out. But this is for anybody, I would say 16 and up. Um, there's, a, there's an assessment, and there, we're going to also look at spiritual gifts. So we're going to have a really, really fun class to teach that we're going to kind of bring back. So in closing, what I want you to think about and embrace is that you are not a cog in this wheel. Every single piece matters. It's that all of us coming together. I have this Bible verse as my uh, screensaver, Ephesians. I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Every day, just a little bit. Make that choice. You are uniquely appointed and anointed for the work that you're going to do. So maybe today you're wondering, gosh, am I part of this church? How do I fit in this church? What are my contributions? You have a place here. And I'm naming that now. Every single one of you has a place right here. So let's build on the strengths of this church, which is you, through him, knowing that every single one of you is already a miracle, is already anointed, and that every name, every single one of your names is like a brick that's building the highlands. And that's the ripple we're going to make in this community as a family, as a team. Talk soon.